Welcome to the family with Bob Sansevier, JB, and Andy Brant Bernard. See, what more? The all star cast, as they call it, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. The all star cast. There's yeah. no question. So, what's the latest? Anything good? Well, I'm excited to be here with the birthday gentleman. I didn't think it'd be right to call him birthday boy because you know <laughs> you don't know what. All bad. night last night, <laughs> kept calling him birthday boy. I'm like, what's that boy shit? <laughs> Honestly, God, you know, it's Johnny McMonagle's birthday too. Our buddy Johnny McMonagle over there at uh, at Hubbard, one of the great guys. You know Johnny. I don't, don't know Johnny. Johnny worked over at the Q back in the day. I'm surprised you didn't know okay, who he was. There are people that worked at the Q that I've actually. Uh, do you remember, she's not, Lindsay Ferris Martin. She worked there for several years, and I don't remember her. I don't From remember then, her either. She was a salesperson. Maybe I so, just knew her as Lindsay. That could have been. But, yeah, I mean, there are problem. people, though, that, that, that a lot of people came through those doors. Yes. Oh, God. And went out those doors. <laughs> yes, they did. And it was funny going in, but not, not so funny coming, coming out. Not, no, carry the little box out. <laughs> carry the little box out. With somebody out. walking them out. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, well, good for them. Yeah. Good for them. It all works out in the end. So what's the latest in the news? Anything in the news that I should know about? Well, I, I, we, I mentioned to you off the air, I think it's significant. It's not, we're not getting political, but our governor had his first ever veto. And right. Yeah, it actually, I think it was a good veto. He vetoed the, the uh, you think, Fizzy? Yeah. He, they, he vetoed the, uh, the bill that legis- the Democratic legislators, legislators tried to get through to Hike the price or the money paid to the Uber and Lyft drivers. Oh, he vetoed that? Yes, yeah. he did. Surprising. What's a, it is surprising. What's surprising is he must have been telling them, I won't let this go through. I'll veto it. And they did it anyway. So I guess there's a little discord at the end of the session. Well, he's, uh, his argument was that it would have made the cost of ordering an Uber too high. It would have been. It would have been true. ridiculous. It's, it's and, objectively true. And Uber threatened to leave. And I think at some point, had it gone through, maybe they would have, just to make yeah, a point to probably. other states, don't be doing this to us. Uh, they were also threatening to only drive around the metro area yeah, and be right. on surge pricing at all times. Of course, they get more money that way. Right. Yeah. See, I had a great idea. You know, my son... I had a great idea. Now listen to this. Pardon me. Uh, it's a wonder, incredible idea. But my son, he has the truck that he came home from in the hospital. He's 17. So what? it's like a 2004 uh, Chevy truck, and he has a flatbed. I thought he could go in a competition if they pass this, and you know he could pick people up in his truck with the flatbed and call it Goober. <laughs> Ooh, go- I like Goober. Goober for rural folk. I love Goober. Hey, Goober, get in the truck. That's right. Come on in. <laughs> I love that. How often do you call for an Uber? Uh, never here. Yeah, yeah, I never do anymore. And the last time I did it, I was in Houston, and it was over an hour because I fell victim to p- – apparently you can – Offer to pay more. It's almost like a bidding thing when you're at the yep. airport. And I got outbid like eight or nine times, and I didn't know anything about that. I keep wondering, where oh, really? are they? Yeah. Really? It's ridiculous. I, it's not my, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of it. Well, it's May- so expensive already. Well, maybe if it's not at an airport, I would try it. But not, you know, when you're, you've got hundreds other of other people trying to fight you for that car. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you guys. Where did Minnesota think all this money's coming from? I don't think they really think so They don't much. think. They think nothing through these legislations. Jesus, I, I, they spend money like a drunken sailor, as they used to say. Well, 19, almost $19 billion, and that's all gone, and there's that's $10 more billion yeah. that they've uh, – ta- and they say there's, a, there's no tax cut. 
People are paying. No, me. there's no. Tax. What happened to our Amazon Prime? You you buy, and I've never bought something there for over a hundred bucks. But now you got to be pay a fifty percent fee. Fifty percent. Yeah, fifty cents. Excuse me. Oh, I want to get, oh, get your blood boiling. <laughs> no. Fifty, oh, but man. even fifty cents. So you have to pay a fifty cent fee on Amazon orders over a hundred. Everything, anywhere you order anything over a hundred bucks, oh. fifty cents. That'll add up in a hurry. Yeah, Any other true. thing? Stupid people that run this thing. They did not do this. The only thing that could have potentially brought in revenue was sports betting. They didn't address that. No. They also have to stop. I have to be careful here. They have to stop giving everything, say, okay, the, uh, the casinos, do you want that money? Why not give it to the state? And if you want to wet their beak, fine. Yeah. They have casinos. Yeah. No, you're right. They make plenty of money now. Oh, God, they do. Well, however. they did pass marijuana, so they'll make money off that. They'll find a way to screw that up for making money. <laughs> and, but, but, okay, they pass it, JB, but there's no way to really regulate it. You can't test someone. You basically have to bring them in and do blood tests. Yes, you do. Right. You know what I love about Minnesota? We go from you can have zero marijuana to you can have two pounds. <laughs> what? That's a hell of a jump. And it's still federally illegal, right? Yes. yes. So you can't yes, cross is. state lines with it. No. 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 What's going to be curious, there already was one lawsuit that was filed the other day. How many lawsuits will come out of these bills? You know the gun law, the, what they passed yeah. for that. They're, they're both going to be contested. So what do, they, what do they want to do with guns now? The red flag law, right? Let's say you have a neighbor who you did something uh, that he didn't like. You put the garbage can too far over yeah. near his property. Yep. Tom had guns and he scares me. That's oh, all no. it could take is someone oh, coming. No. And it's ridiculous because they're think about spouses that are getting divorced. There's always an argument and, and one's always out to get the other or both are out to get them. If one of them has guns, well, I'm scared they're going to come after me. They'll take all your guns for at least six months. And then just because somebody's afraid of you, if you tell them you are, really? you have to need a court order. But I don't think it's that hard to get because they're going to err on the side of what they would call caution. You know, what I like. I have my gun is within um, reaching distance of the bed, but you would never find it. Well, that's good. You could never find my gun, so good luck to you. Well, I always thought it was for men, you know, people who had mental health issues who have guns. Why are you looking at Bob? <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that's what they should be cracking down on. They should be cracking down on criminals yes. and people with mental health issues. The other thing, they passed universal background checks, which on the surface sounds great. You know, because there were a lot of people that didn't like when you'd go to, like, one of these, uh, you know, these gun uh, – they get together at a convention center, and you could buy a gun there. You know, they have these gun right. conventions yes, or whatever. Exactly. But what this is, it means, like, technically, if you were to go hunting and a friend lent you a gun, you'd have to fill out paperwork. My daughter last really? year, she shot trap. We, I have 12-gauge guns because my, for my sons, we borrowed one from a, a friend, a 20-gauge I would have had to have it signed over to me, and you'd have to have it go through a transfer process. It's ridiculous because they just—they don't think things through. They just come up with ideas that they think are brilliant, but there's no thought well, the, that goes they into They think them. are brilliant. They, I love know, they that. all think they're brilliant. Yeah, they do. Well, no one that I told Bob, one that really de- uh, I was upset Rankles, about was, <laughs> was the fact that it started off that we were the thought was somewhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred bucks of money would be returned per person. Right. And yes. now it's only two sixty. It's like only if it's seventy. You make seventy five thousand or less. Yes. It's like right. oh. yeah. I did the math, and 
Well, let's see. I can. I'll do it again. So the surplus was what? Eighteen billion. It was. 19. I think it was over eighteen billion. They rounded up to eighteen billion. Yeah, you can go there. Yeah, it was almost nineteen. So yeah. we'll just say eighteen billion for you know conservative estimate. Population of Minnesota is five point seven million. Yep. That is three thousand dollars per person. Yeah. So, so where's the money? It's gone into all of these yep. bills that they've yep. come up with. Yeah, three thousand dollars for every Minnesotan. I which should would have been. Probably the smartest thing to do because you would stimulate the economy. You would think. But no, instead they're giving, what, almost one-tenth of that? No, less than one-tenth of that. You know what I would do? To some Minnesotans. It would not be popular, but it would be a huge moneymaker, and then it's a choice. Don't put tolls throughout the state, but put them I-94 coming in. I-94 going out, yeah. same thing on 35W. Put it yeah. on the interstates coming in and going out. You would make a ton of money. And if oh, you don't yeah, want to do would. it, you find another way to get in and out of the state. You would absolutely. Yeah, I don't understand. But wouldn't have, aren't those federally controlled roads? Yeah, interstates are federal. I know yeah. but that, but you'd have to wet their beak because it's the same thing in Jersey. <laughs> I mean, they have it's on the, the well, Jersey. There you go. The turnpike there is a federal road, but they're getting their cut. So you throw a little to the, you know, that's how things are done in the real world. You that wet their true. beaks. Yep. You do wet their Well, that's what this is all about, is they're buying votes with that money. That's what they're doing. Well, and just get be prepared for the, the number of people coming in, because we now offer free health care to every illegal immigrant oh, that Jesus. wants us. Who's going to pay for that? Where are they going to be? Where can you put them? Where are you going to put them? God, I, I just, why? Just leave us alone, would you please? Let us make a living enjoy ourselves we bust our ass we should deserve you know my biggest problem because i people uh, i admit i lean more to the right than the left there's some left things that i certainly agree with but what i don't agree with is the herd mentality that the democrats have and the republicans that they all have to vote as a block how about vote what's best for your constituents i yeah how about serving the people yeah uh, they don't they serve the party and that's disgusting yep we don't vote for issues we vote for people yes and that's the real problem yes absolutely i just why you know about instead of the house representing us how about we just vote on these bills yeah. That would be great. Rather than having to vote for a House representative who then votes on the bills on our behalf. We don't need them. Yeah, exactly. Just that was, have, a, have people vote on the bills. Rudy made that point on the, on the morning show this morning. He said, why don't we get to vote? Yeah, I really don't get it. I think that we should You know what's amazing to me? Because people don't want to have voting on their computer. We file our taxes on a computer. Oh, you do everything. Mm-hmm. You can make it safe so right. that it's, it's right. not an issue. I don't get that one at well, all. And, like, you, and Tom... You, I mean, you're a young man to run. You, you got like, you're 20 years younger than Biden. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could get out there and run against Biden. I'd run for president. Get out. That's my. <laughs> want to know my platform? You get, get the out. Well, the thing about computers is when you fill out a paper ballot these days, it immediately goes into a computer. Right. Yes. Even out where I live, basically the middle of nowhere, you fill out a paper ballot. First thing you do is feed it into a computer that digitizes the data. There you so go. there are no paper ballots anymore. There's no such thing as a non-computerized system. So, and I don't. That's why I don't understand why we can't just do it at home and link it to your social security number. Yeah, there should. I mean, with enough encryption and protocols in place, it is possible to have pretty much absolute safety. Well, they're probably worried about people going into like these nursing homes and getting all their information and voting who they want. They're well, doing is, it anyway. Yeah, that's exactly. It's not like it's difficult to you know trick a. Hundred-year-old person with Alzheimer's to vote the one way or another. And I, I want to be careful because I don't want to get this. I mean, we're not really talking politics because we're damning both sides. 
No, no, you're it's absolutely right. It's a system right. that's the problem. Yes. yes. Yeah. It is a system that's the problem. Now, I've been a Democrat and I've been a Republican, and I don't want to be either anymore. It's just gotten too crazy. I don't want to pay the dues. Man, a lot of dues. Man. Well, but they do dues. come after you for money. They don't. There's oh, no God, question. Yes, they just hound you. You are correct with the, on that front. So I'm no a political question. atheist. <laughs> yeah, see, there's a good one. I don't I believe like in that. either of them. I like that. I'm a political atheist. Works for me. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, the whole situation is just, where are we going to get all this money to pay for all of these things they're just giving away well, to well, buy people's votes? They are going to go after people who they perceive to make money. Because oh, it's, it's that redistribution of wealth. That's the most popular term among DFLers. You remember what it used power. to be good to bust your ass so you could make a good dollar? Remember not that? Any, yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. No, well, they're no, assuming punish you. if we had 19 billion left over lifetime, they won't come out and say this, but we'll have something close to that again. Oh, yeah, it's going to happen again. And it'll take care of whatever overspending they did because they'll have the money already. But it's going to come out of our pockets. That is 100% true. It's just, God, could you just, would you go get your, why don't you be good enough to have people vote for you? You don't have to buy their votes, for Christ's sake. But why is it that the states that uh, offered, basically offered no state tax? How do they do it? That's one. The other thing is, why are, why are they, their politics bat-ass crazy? <laughs> I mean, beyond crazy. Like in who? Texas and Florida. Just oh, South Dakota. Texas has too. no state right. tax? No. Oh. no. I don't think Tennessee does either. No, and Tennessee doesn't either. You're absolutely right. Because my daughter was offered a job, which she didn't take, but that's another story, in uh, Texas. And it was going to pay like 38000 but there was no state tax. Right. So it's more than that, that compared right. to here. And I tried to, to get here, her yeah. to understand that, but somebody else was told her to turn it down. So. Well, I hope she didn't go to California because the money no, would sound better there, but you're giving it all away. <laughs> yep. No, she's still in Florida where she went to school at this point. So We shall see. So how, do we, how are we ever going to resolve all of this? Now we're up to 5. What did you say, 5.7 billion people in Minnesota? Million. Uh, yeah, million. I'm sorry, billion, yeah. <laughs> Minnesota is right. very full these days. Minnesota is getting more 5. full 5. by 7 the 5.7 billion. Yeah, 5.7 million people live in the state of Minnesota, and I just, what, what is the upside of busting your ass now? If you're, if you're 18 years old and you're getting out of, you just got out of, or next week you get out of high school, right? Why would you go bust your ass in college when all the money you earn is going to be taken away from you anyway? Well, that's the thing is no one does anymore. Yeah, they don't. They just uh, don't do it anymore for that college, very reason. College um, attendance is down. Way down. Because of that. Right. And well, kids are going a number of reasons. Well, one of the mains is kids are going to trades, which makes sense. I mean, trades yeah, yeah. it's it's basically a guaranteed. You know, there's always going to be electricity to you know well, repair, toilets to fix, carpentry to yep. carpent, and they can make really good money because the union start they make And a by, the, by the way, uh, can I do a little public service announcement? I found this out from an electrician in the union. Over the next five years, 50,000 electricians across the country will retire. Oh. Yeah. And right now, there's only 10,000 to replace them. Yep. Oh. So it's, I mean, that, if you're looking to get into a field, and as the one guy said, we don't get that dirty. No. <laughs> you know, because it is, you it might is get zapped. dangerous, <laughs> yeah, depending on what you do. But if do. you know what you're doing. Well, one of the things that people, that would fix that issue, I think, not for the trades people, but for everyone else, is learning to do minor things yourself. 
So well, it's, it's too like, late for me. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I wasn't handy at all until I was in my 30s. All right, Andy. Just from what I've known of Tom saying over the years and me, thankfully we married women who do a lot of it. Yeah. Exactly. If you put Tom and I in the house and you <laughs> know the wiring needs to fix and that, you got to change yeah. the. We'd be staring and looking mm. at each other. Well, you got you, that. I right. change the filter. That's all I do. Yeah, but you, kids were taught to do that kind of thing. I mean, even something like you know, most people would never even consider changing an outlet. Like if an outlet in the wall went bad, I could put the plastic on the outlet. Yeah, there you go. Yes. You can put the cover on. But like four years ago, I would have never even considered it. I, I was like, I'm going to get electrocuted somehow. But now you're wrong. a homeowner. You're a handyman. Now I've replaced every outlet in my house. But I'm a homeowner. I got a handy wife. <laughs> well, as long as yeah, someone can go. do and it, that you know, changing the outlets yourself saves you how many thousands of dollars over the course of the lifetime of an outlet? It's do I, do we have a guest. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. I don't want to toss. Keep going. Actually, no. we don't. No, we, oh, we don't. don't. Okay. Oh, did he cancel? Yes. Yeah, we had a couple order of orders of business. Uh, it's also Stretch's birthday. Oh, happy That's birthday, Stretch! Birthday Stretch. Birthday Stretch. Johnny, Johnny day after. But they, um, you can learn a lot. You can fix a lot on um, watching videos on you YouTube. You can. Yes, we built My, our basement off of watching videos on YouTube. I uh, bought a used iPhone. You know, a refurbished iPhone from, and but the battery was yeah bad. Wasn't refurbished, and the batteries only last like maybe six years before right. they start draining. And this one, I would you know charge it all night, and by the time I got up in the morning and unplugged it and got out of the house, it was down to seventy five percent. And I was like, nothing you can do about it. So, 
instead of paying $60 at some place for them to change it, I went to uh, YouTube, and you can buy the kit mm-hmm. off of Amazon for, like, less than 25 bucks. So your phone stayed on long enough for you to look at the YouTube video? No, I... Looked, you look at the YouTube video on your computer. Oh, Bob. you didn't use the phone. <laughs> and then you just, and then you change the battery. But they're making it harder and harder to do that these days. Some of these phones, I don't think you could get at the battery without breaking them. What uh, what model of iPhone was it? Uh, it's an eight. An iPhone eight. So that's not that old. Yeah. So I how mean, do you tell what number your phone is? Does it say on it somewhere? If you go to settings, you, you say, can find "Hey it. Siri, what model of phone oh, are yeah, you?" Or, or say, you can tell. Yes. Where's settings? Oh, there it is. I found it. What is, where what, does it say what, what kind it of is? The phone dad has today, apparently. <laughs> so Honestly, where, I have no idea. I haven't used an iPhone say? in a decade. Where did it say what? Well, here, actually, if you go to, I just went to settings, and at the top button where your name or whatever says all that stuff at top, uh, if you just scroll down, it'll tell you what the iPhone is and what. I have an iPhone 13 Pro Max. Is that the newest one? No. That's, this is a couple of years old. Ouch. I have an I th- I, iPhone 13, too. Well, there you go. I'm going to sign out just because I don't want to be in the same network with you. <laughs> well, is yours a Pro Max. You're out of that. It's not a Pro, Pro Max. Max. So it's better than Pro. It's a Pro Max. Well, yeah, I think I exactly. got it because they claimed it had better, the best audio, which is what I wanted. Oh. And it's a little bigger, too, which I'm not crazy about. But. Yeah, phones are huge these days. I've been trying to buy the smallest phone I can. Right. There like are no small phones. A flip phone would have to be the, would be the smallest yet. Well, they used to have, I mean, God, if you I look at the those. dimensions, let's see, dimensions of the iPhone 1. Let's see. Let's compare that to... Oh, that was pretty small. Uh, what's the latest iPhone? The What is it, like 15 I, I, now? I, I, if it is not the 15, they've given it another fancy name. We're here, just latest iPhone. Let's see. So the f- iPhone first generation, um, I need to translate that. It's the iPhone 14 Pro Max, I think. 14? I believe. Let's see. So the iPhone 1, 4.5 inches by 2.5 inches. Jeez. The newest one, 5 and 3 quarters inches by 2 and 3 quarters inches. There you go. So, I mean, it doesn't sound like that much. It is. But, I mean, the human finger is like 2 inches long, so... And still not uh, small enough for me to tap those letters. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> the big thing. Enough. I yeah, still am hitting the wrong thing. The smaller the screen, the harder it is to type, but it's also like having to reach your thumb across that big screen. It's, yeah. I don't know. Hopefully someday someone will invent a way that we never have to touch type again, because I hate it. Have you any of you used Chat GPT? Yeah. No. Tom, it's unbelievable. Somebody did it. Had to do. Isn't a, that going to ruin the world? Yes. No. Well, that's great. It's, not, it's not as powerful as people think it is. It okay. It's like having a sixth <laughs> grader that you can ask to write an essay for. Andy, you. the guy needed to do a commercial, right? Mm-hmm. Because I do the Jim Bob Sports Jam with Chuck Foreman and Jim Rich, so he's going to do an ad. He typed in for his company. It's a. It's Tailgate Spices. Uh, Ad for Tailgate Spices. It was like a three-minute ad, and it was – I couldn't write that good. No? It's unbelievable what it – and it just – all like you had to do is – put that. I couldn't write that good. <laughs> See? That was good. And Apparently the, you can. If <laughs> I were still writing, I would be – and Lammers told me earlier, he writes for some uh, – you know, the thing he writes for. They're forbidden from using chat GPT. I'd be using it just to see, hey, maybe I could, I would be me, I, I would be by Bob Sansever and chat GPT. Maybe I'd have to put their name first. And chat because it's mm-hmm. he put in uh, George or Chuck Foreman. Tell me about Chuck Foreman. It wrote just a nice piece on Chuck because it gathers That's from nice. everywhere. I'm glad to hear that. So Problem this is, is all uh, artificial intelligence. 
It's yes. kind of artificial intelligence. It doesn't really think, but it's got so much information that if it, you ask it basically anything, it can just pull it. If you, Andy, if you could type it in so it comes up on, uh, on your dad's screen, what is the, uh, the Tom Bernard Family Podcast or the, family po- or the Tom Bernard Morning Show? I wonder if it would know. It, it'll the pull morning up. show, I don't think it would because it's, it doesn't get real-time data. It's from a database. So, oh, I thought it was in, it had whatever was up to date. Yeah, no, it's like, uh, I don't know how, maybe six months to a year out of date. So if, like, well, if you ask about this things in, that just happened. Type in this show, and I guarantee you something. Will, it'll just start, and it just fills in, and it, it's unbelievable how quick it is. I yeah, bet it would I mean, come it, up. I have no doubt. It doesn't take any time at no. all, yeah. I use it for, um, like, when I'm doing some programming. Sometimes, like, I kind of know the formula that I want, but I don't know the formula that I, that I want, if that makes sense. I can say, like, you know, for Z equals whatever and X equals whatever, find the formula. And it can do that really well, well wait until like nice. they come up to the thing where you could, Tom, you could take a day off and you could just say, Tom is going to talk today about, pick a topic, and then it would pull your voice right. and make it right. on whatever topic. You could actually have yourself in as a guest. That's what I understand. Yeah, and talk to yourself. That's yeah, there's a meme going around. It's the three most recent presidents ranking, like, things. It'll be like, you know, ranking pizza restaurants or ranking right, Sonic games right. or whatever. Yep. And they use the, um, the voice cloning for that. Wow. I mean, it sounds, you can tell it's not real just by the way they talk. Like, there's no cadence to their, or, um, like, affect. Yeah, there's yeah. no inflection. Yeah. And, my, if you used that uh, artificial intelligence with me, I'd probably still interrupt you. Of course. You're Sandy. <laughs> it goes without saying. You're Bob Sansby. You know, it's really tough sometimes to get the timing to interrupt. You know, it's hilarious. I just saw something, and I, I'm not trying to say change the subject. We can go right back to it. But does anyone do their job anymore or check their work? Very few. Because I'm looking at a headline right now that talks about the, they're very close to a settlement at the White House, the McCarthy and Biden. Yeah. Very close to a settlement. Uh, it's supposed to be announced. You ready? Yeah. On May 26th, 20,233. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good news for us, man. Boy, imagine what Biden will sound back then or sound Jeez, like. Only 18,000 more years <laughs> will be good to go. How do you make that mistake in a national press? Because they probably have fewer editors. They have no editors. They have no editors the, anymore. The, the Pioneer Press now, they're down. It, it's beyond. It's not even a skeleton crew. Mm-hmm. How small. That's what I've heard. They yeah. send things out you know, to, to like Denver, but even it's, it, it's not even a newsroom anymore. Who owns the Pioneer Press now? I think it's still the same equity firm. It's one of these oh, uh, equity private firm. equity firms, which yeah. owns a lot of them. But is that a hedge fund? Yeah, yeah. They there don't have a, a digital. They have, first do media. not have a newsroom. What is that, Andy? Digital first media. Digital first. I never even heard which, of that. Yes, they own a, a, it's a, a lot huge of. Yeah, they picked up a lot. Conglomerate. Yeah, conglomerate. It's, it's a gigantic conglomerate. Yeah. I mean, it's the same way with college athletics. People who work there now are nothing more but interns or. A step out of being an intern, really, but cheaper, and, and mm-hmm. they could, they pay them the biggest salary they ever had in their life, and it's half of what I made when I left. You know, and it's like, but that's the way they run it because they want that. The universe, all universities now want them to be self-sufficient. Want their athletic departments to be self-sufficient, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, they're signing, you know, the conferences are signing these big television contracts 
if you to SEC and the Big Ten because everybody else is <laughs> getting nothing basically. But then the colleges are like, okay, you're off on your own because we're right, not, you know, right. as they sit on these hundred million or billion dollar endowments. I know oh, it's absurd. Absolutely. They have so much money that these hedge fund managers won't let them touch. Like we when we went through COVID, there was no rainy fund, rainy uh, rainy no. day fund money no. used by the university at all. I know, and it's like if you don't consider this a rainy day, what do you consider a rainy I day? Know. Okay, look, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to give you the Harvard University endowment. What it's at. Oh God! It's billions. Many billions. Yeah. Fifty-three point two billion. Jesus. Yep. What are they, they going to do with it? it? They never spend. But what it. is it going to be used I for? Know, University of Minnesota, five and a half billion. Right. Really? Five and a half billion dollars. And so then they run the whole campus like a corporation. Yeah. They don't yep. run it like yep. a university anymore. Well, That's the first true. thing, if you Google University of Minnesota endowment, the first thing you see is. Uh, an investment strategy for investing in the University of Minnesota. <laughs> Just like if you like went to a bank and they were like, these are our rates and everything. That's they've hilarious. got yeah, they've got the global equity percentages, private equity, treasury bonds. It's it's run like a bank. It'd be higher if they weren't giving JB a taste. Yeah. <laughs> See? You know how long it finally we finally got a contract. For five years straight, we got one-year contract extensions because you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a union employee. For five straight, because normally they would be two years. So five straight years, we got one-year contract extensions. But the time period, had six months of the time period had already lapsed. So by the time we the union signed a new deal, it was time to negotiate the next one. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. We've been through that and it was like for five years it happened and every year all we got was like one percent every year well some places get nothing the pioneer press hasn't had they actually have had furloughs where you have to take a week off or two weeks well, off we, a year and not we, get paid 10 years ago we they furloughed us over the christmas holiday break we got nothing for christmas we got nothing for christmas Jesus. luckily john anderson was running uh had his annual baseball camp, and I was able to work baseball camp to make up a little bit what I was losing. But, um, yeah, they just – they. so this last time we finally signed a three-year deal, and basically the life of us will give us a 5% in, in increments. I think it was two or three the first year, then a couple, then – but basically it will take three years to get to the five. As they're sitting on five billion dollars, and you know, but they, the the hedge funds managers manage that, so they get a big bonus, but they won't let it get touched by anything you else. You are that, correct. So, unbelievable. Okay, I'll lighten the moment just with a headline. <laughs> I'm not going to read the story. Just the headline. Okay, you ready? Guy comes home, finds out his roommate had yeah. eaten his last <laughs> hot pocket. Oh, no. You know what he did, Bob? It wasn't good, I'm he sure. He made more Hot Pockets. I can't say because I know about the story. 
He shot him dead in the ass. <laughs> she kind of shot him right in the ass. <laughs> Over a hot pocket. <laughs> Over a hot pocket. <laughs> well, I guarantee this guy's not taking any more hot pockets. No, he ain't taking any more. He won't be pilfering the hot pocket. He won't be sitting down for a while, and he won't be stealing my hot pockets well, anymore. You, Apparently you, our guest can call in if we want him to. What do you think? Well, I wouldn't mind Apparently that. his publicist didn't tell him that it, you know, he had a schedule. Well, I'm glad I didn't erase him. Yeah, I'd love to have him on if he wants to do it. That'd be great. It's got to be better than listening to me. Listening <laughs> to Sandy. I mean, it's got to be much better than that, I would think. Yeah, if, he, if Brian can make it, that'd be great. Yeah, he can do 20 minutes, he said. So there oh, you go. Oh, good. So he can, he can be on till 10 after. Okay, is he ready to go? Uh, no, but I'll call in any minute. Oh, okay. Excellent. Works for me. I brought his information up. But uh, back to the hot pocket for just one second. I just love the fact that he gets a sandwich out, and the first thing he does is, I'm going to shoot him in the ass. Because <laughs> he did it on purpose. It didn't just happen to be there. He did it on purpose. Did it say what right caliber? No, it did not. It didn't say what the caliber was. It might have broke his ass bone. It well, could have chipped it. It could have. Well, You're absolutely right. It used to be the old saying, never take the last of somebody's well, whatever. No, it's no, never take the last yeah. of it. You're absolutely right. You know, that's so cool that an actor in a big series like Fatal Attraction would call in and go, hey, I didn't you know, get notified I could be on. All that was very nice of him to call in, don't you think? Yeah, it is. I think it's quite impressive. And he's been in a lot of movies and, and been involved in quite a few. Brian Goodman? Yeah, he's yeah. A, you see his picture, right? He's very familiar looking. That's what you say, pal. <laughs> so, yeah, just let me know when he's ready to go, Andy, and we will click I, him on. Is there a food that would drive you to not even, okay, you're not going to shoot someone, but shove them over? You know, if they no. took your food? No. Eh, maybe my pizza. <laughs> Without crust. Without crust. Well, I knocked one off last night. What, what is wrong like with you? $500 lobster dinner. Yeah, there you go. How about then, that? That then would maybe. be no question. Mm -hmm. Then maybe that's a different kettle of fish. Or right the crab there. claws. Oh, God, crab claws are so expensive now. Are they really? Oh, Sometimes yeah. Cub has them on sale for the... Uh, the Sometimes. But it's still... It's, isn't it still it's never like cheap, $22 a pound even on sale? No. Well, no, you get it like 15 Fourteen ninety nine, fifty nine at at Cub and Coburn's has them on sale sometimes too. Yeah, but you mostly know. they're like. And sadly, so, it's the food my kids all love the most. They all agree right. on that. As Do they? Yeah, they. So we'll, we'll probably have it sometime, maybe this weekend. Yeah, they're like twenty five bucks a pound. It's just, and I just got tired of fighting to get my get food out of it. So honestly, yeah, as much as I'd love them, but the fighting to <clears throat> crack them and then. Somehow get the meat out it just came too much of a hassle for me. You're always me. going to eat. You get the refurbished phone. You won't take the, the meat out yeah, of the I've become the a, cheap, a cheap old man, Bob. <laughs> There's a shock. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have 
And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. We got our guest on the phone. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Brian Goodman. How you doing, Brian? Good. How are you guys? Marvelous. You know it's how impressive it is that you called and said, hey, I could be on. I mean, that's very impressive, Brian. Oh, yeah. I had no idea there was anything. I seen a missed call from Hart, and I'm like, oh, and then I seen a text. I'm so sorry if this was supposed to happen earlier. No, 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 no. It's not a problem. You got to tell about quarter after. Is that right? Does that work for you? Yes, that's perfect. All right, we'll get that done, Brian Goodman, with us. Matter of fact, I'll lighten the moment. Uh, and now that we're so happy that, to have you with us for the next 20 minutes, i got to read a headline I just read to everybody. This is a real headline. A guy came home, found his roommate had eaten his last Hot Pocket. What did the guy do to his roommate, Brian? True story, True too. Found that the guy, uh, well, where, where, where did it take place? Oh, you mean that which... is an important uh, detail, yes. <laughs> it is. Is that an important detail? Where was it, Andy? Uh, I think I remember it was uh, uh, Kentucky. No, not Kentucky. Uh, I'm going to go to and I'm going to find, just for you, Brian, I'm going to go and find out where it actually did happen so we get this thing. He either, he either broke up with them or killed them. It depends where yeah. it happened. <laughs> yep. Brian, when are you going to be in town? We have to go out and have some dinner with that attitude. I love that. <laughs> I love that attitude. Okay, it says here. It's definitely Kentucky. Is Oh, it is Kentucky? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this guy comes home in Kentucky. He finds his roommate had eaten his last hot bucket. So what did he do, Brian? Those are my two guesses. I gave it to <laughs> Okay, those are your two 50, guesses. 50. What happened was he took out his gun and shot the guy dead in the ass. Not just a shot him. He made sure he shot him right in the butt. <laughs> So he, so he lived. <laughs> yes, Brian, I think he lived. I think you're absolutely right about that. Uh, maybe that's why he shot him in the butt cheek. I assume he shot him in the butt cheek, not, you know, in the no-go uh, spot or whatever the hell it is. But, the no-go spot. Well, don't shoot people, you know, up the canal. That's well, all I'm saying. I mean, isn't everywhere on the human body a no-go spot when we're talking about bullets? It depends on who we're talking about. Uh, that's all I have to say. We have Brian Goodman with us. There's more, there's, more, there's more going on than the hot pocket, I'm guessing. I don't know. I've had a little therapy. Maybe there was something something brewing in the hot pocket with the, the straw that broke the... I love that. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Goodman with us. Uh, Fatal Attraction streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Boy, Paramount Plus has stepped up, haven't they, Brian? 
Yeah, it's a good, uh, good group over there. They, you know, there's Nicole Clemens, is, is, uh, president of those shows, and, and just doing a fantastic job over there. And she has a great, humble energy. It's just, um, it's been a pleasure for me to be part of them. See, that's a wonderful thing. Now, I, I, I want to hear a little bit about your character, Arthur Tomlinson. What's Arthur all about? Well, Arthur's, it's interesting because it's, it's, a, it's a fun, I, I would say, challenge in a way because he's the best friend of Amanda Peet's character, who is oh, the sure. wife of Dan. And Dan has the affair. And her and I uh, went to college together, and we started our own business. And my wife is in stage four cancer. So we have like a four-way friendship between... Um, but Amanda's my best friend, you know, so they're supportive through... The way the writing is about my the, the wife and I dealing with stage four cancer is really, I find, fascinating because it, they're not just, you know, marching along in self-pity and, you know, just proclaiming this big fight again. Because I've always had a problem with people that say, you know, he fought fighting against cancer because it almost... Almost insinuates that people don't make it, didn't fight hard enough, right? So, mm-hmm. like dealing with cancer and the results of the results. So the way you know, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't make it. I don't think it's the lack of the fight. I think it's just the way the story is in life, right? So I like the way it was written. That you know, her and I are dealing with this, and Amanda has been very supportive. Her character Beth has been supportive, and then this bomb gets dropped on her. You know, because there was no, like, signs of troubles in paradise when this affair happened. You know, so that's how devastating it was to her. And so now we got to reciprocate our friendship and be there for her, you know. How many episodes do you have under your belt with this one, Brian? Are you, are you, do you have one, you have eight, you have one season completely done? Is that right? Yes, they shot one season. And and most of the times when they have a, a thought of a second season, they put you under contract the possibility of that, you know, so we still haven't heard if they're going to continue the story. I don't know if they would. It's not up to me. It would be great if they did. I don't know how it still falls under the title of Fatal Attraction, seeing that, you know, they know, the audience and everyone knows that she was mm-hmm. killed because the series opens up with him in front of a parole board like 15 years later, and mm-hmm. then it comes back in time and tells how he got there, you know. So how close does it stick to the movie? It's tough because it sticks to it where, like, look at the situation, the title, right? Um, You know, Michael Douglas' character is an attorney, too, but we never once seen him in the courtroom. This kind of, you know, is set in the courtroom setting, which is kind of, it's smart because, you know, you can put your foot on and off the throttle of what's going on there and then weave weave the affair in with it, you know? Um, but, it's, you know, I got to say, when I heard they were going to do it, and Alexander Cunningham and Kevin were great writers, if you ask me. In um, <coughs> a movie like that, that was like a beautiful roller coaster ride for two hours, right, back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to ask you to still enjoy it in eight hours. So you're stretching it out, taking the pace, pace out of it, and you have to try to keep the pulse and pace in there. So I think they did a great job, but I mean, it's the same thing, but divulging more into how this woman's, you know, got crazy. You know, in a show like this, Brian, shouldn't they have gotten somebody more homely than Amanda Peet? Because, I mean, she's (laughs) stunning. 
It's hard. It's a hard one to buy into. I know, but you know the same thing. What about? Do you remember Ann Archer? Yeah, Archer. We played the wife. She was. She, I mean, my God, she was a, one of the most beautiful actresses that ever come to this town. So that would. That's what lent to the choice. Do you remember when that movie first came out? I mean, people were weren't even considering cheating for at least three months. <laughs> <laughs> A moratorium on cheating. I'm glad it's stuck for at least three months. Brian, I think... Well, I tell you what, streaming right now is just so phenomenal. Television, Brian, has never been better. It's fantastic right now, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Is that how you feel? Well, I gotta tell you, I'm... I'm, um... Look, I grew up. I grew up with the movies like The Thief with James Caan, sure, sure. Paul Newman, you know, um, French Connection. I'm, I'm going through a transition as an audience. I get at this business kind of late, but I always loved movies as a kid. You know, mm-hmm. me too. Now with, and, and it was and, and being an inner city kid with my own little boo-hoo story. I used to go into movie theaters, and there was something magical about it. Yep. You know, some type of escape. Now everybody on the planet has a camera. Mm-hmm. And it's like reality TV. I think a lot of it's been diluted. I mean, I think, you know, to add to what you said, I think there's many choices on TV now. Yes. But I, mean, I don't know. I'm just not feeling the same about it. And I'm trying to stay upbeat and positive. You know, the good news is I'll be dead before it's all gone completely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, if I was 30 or 40, I'd be more like, upset about the whole transition. I mean, right now, there's like a writer's strike going on because, you know, all the talent and effort that's been put in is being dismissed like the rest of, you know, the world. Yeah, you know. yeah that's got to be yeah. tough to take. I mean, not politically speaking, I'm just saying in general, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not into politics and all that nonsense. I just believe let's be mm-hmm. kind, get to the finish line and all that shit. And it's like, okay, but now it's like, you know, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to um, share the pie, so to speak. In studios, if look, at this still a studio in business, that means they're doing well. <laughs> so let's just cut the pie a little bigger, and, and everybody's you know, just so much greed. But in a, I'm not trying to take a stance here. I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, what I see happening is, but, yeah, I, I'm sorry to get on that road. You're right. There's a lot of good shit on TV. <laughs> no, no, I, Brian, I see, I, I agree with you. I just, I think one of the major problems that Hollywood has is to make a movie now costs incredible amounts of money. Is that part of the problem, you think, Brian, with, with movies? I mean, the movies now that come out, a lot of them, they're animation. A lot of them are aimed yeah. at the very, very young. And those movies cost a fortune to make. You know, and most, like, stories, like the ones that I was talking about earlier, you know, um, now they want to know, is there any car bombs and car chases and, and explosions in it? Because, you know, the younger generation, and not just that, but a lot of people like that, right? But to go get a movie finance, would, that's why I was excited to be part of this, because this is a real story, Fatal Attraction. This is, this is a plausible situation that could happen in, you know, affect a lot of people with one bad choice. And, um, you know, in a marriage, and you see the heartache. I mean, Amanda Peet, and, and um, it's amazing, you know, and, and, this, and, and, and there's a great scene. I don't know if you had a chance to see it yet, but there's a great scene in episode six where, you know, she, her mom was just died. And, 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 
comes clean about the affair. And it's just a real powerful scene, the way she played it, you know. Lizzie Kaplan and Josh. I mean, it's just fun to be part of because it's rare. I mean, to, to, to land on... I'm look, There isn't a role in town that somebody else couldn't do, so I'm extremely grateful no, to be part of anything. That's you wonderful. Know, to be part of... Yeah, so to be part of this where there's a heart and soul and, you know, and, and my character, like, you know, it's a challenge for me because fear ignites different things in most of us, right, as, as human beings, not in, as, as actors. And if my wife was dying of cancer, I, I'd probably have more angrier, you know, just out of pure panic moments than this guy Arthur has. So I love the fact that he's reserved and kind and and supportive, and, but he does have one moment uh, on the on the phone dealing with the insurance company because they're trying to deny paying for my stage four cancer's wife's, you know, chemo. You know what I mean? So, so, so that was a heated moment that was justified. And um, other than that, he probably he, he keeps it together much more than Brian would. <laughs> much more than Brian would. Brian, do you mind? Yeah. Because I just. Uh... Before you came on, I was reading your bio. And do you mind if we just talk a bit about, I knew that I liked you, and then I looked at your bio. It's like, uh-oh, South Boston, no wonder I like this guy. No question oh, okay. about it. Yeah. Do you mind if we talk about your life a little? Because you have a, a oh, no, fascinating not, life. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you put it like that, it, 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 you know, I'm sure you would, agree, like when you reflect on things and look back and you make it through whatever life's hurdles or problems, it just kind of can land in a description of fascinating. But when you're in it at the time, I remember, you know, coming from a broken home, like many of people, like, you know, I didn't live the life of Mandela, but when you end up out on your own in, in this housing project, you know, that was back in the days, I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm, you know, 59 years old, so that was back in the days where you never talked about anything. I was sleeping in Project Hallways with sure. friends that I was out there grinding to get lunch with didn't even know. You know, they wouldn't even know that I was pulling up, you know, uh, sheets on the... Back then, they used to hang laundry outdoors, you know? Right. Pull right. off sheets early in the day. I would pull off sheets, somebody's sheets, right off the laundry and roll them up in a ball and hide them up in the penthouse of the housing project for that night, <laughs> you know, and... Um, and then, you know, you just get out there and start grinding and, and you know, just to get much. It's, it's kind of like a section of some boss is a good place and a lot of hard work and blue collar, but it also has, you know, that element. And, uh, you know, I gravitated towards that, you know. And, uh, and I had a sister in an in a, in a awkward situation, a bad situation, and my response, and I'm not no hero, but my response to that, I ended up in prison. Um uh, from 1989 to 94. You know, that's a fascinating place because look at prison. You know, it, 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 to me, I was a street kid. So to me, it was like summer camp, right? But it was also scary because you could smell and feel the violence. There's a lot of people, you know, filled with fear and they're hiding and disappointed that they're there, but really not wanting to get out. That was the only thing that scared me about prison. Imagine that. That I would look in people's eyes and they say, when I get out, I'm going to... But then they get out and, you know, not many doors open up. Right. It's just another world. And it's another world. And you don't have a nicer car or a bigger house. If you've got $10 in your canteen and four T-shirts, you have as much as every one of your neighbors. 
So if you can get you can get comfortable in prison. Imagine that. Mm, well, I've I visited enough friends. I've never been in prison myself, but I visited a lot of friends in prison. It's a different, different life. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah, guaranteed. I mean, it, it, it's a school of appreciating the small things, you know, because you, you know, fortunately for me, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm never coming back here. I didn't mind violence when I was young. I was, I, it was like a sport to us. So yeah. for me, it was like that. But I said, I can't get stuck here. You know, wow, this is crazy. Plus, I have, you know, now I, I have two beautiful sons, six grandchildren. Just uh, very fortunate. God, that is fantastic. Do you mind if I read this paragraph? Because I, I just love this. After hitting the streets at age 12, Brian Goodman did whatever he could to survive as one of South Boston's homeless. An altercation landed him in prison from 1989 to 1994, as Brian pointed out. He was twice, uh, twice paroled, both of which uh, he, violated, he violated your paroles, Brian. Uh, one thing that kept him going was the idea he could be an actor. At age eight, he saw the movie, the TV movie Brian Song, and knew just what uh, this was something he wanted to do. And he said to a fellow prisoner, I'm going to be an actor someday. What a great story that is, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. That's the way it was. They want to know, can I add to that for a minute? Because it was one of the... Sure. James Conn, who's my favorite actor of all time. Him and I, when I moved out here, a guy that I was in friends with, was in prison with a friend of his, and him and I became friends for the last 22 years of his life playing golf together, and um, we just buried him about a year ago. And we'll have his unveiling, you know, James Conn, who I think is uh, one of the best actors. I mean, there's a lot of people love Pacino and De Niro, which I'm one of them, but mm -hmm. I was like Gene Hackman, Paul Newman, and, you know, and then James Conn, and then, you know, 10 years younger than him is Sam Jackson. And, you know, guys like that, that, you know, were doing real movies up until, you know, not that they're not no more, but I'm just a fan of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, you know. Oh, I understand that completely. Back then, the 80s, 90s, the, the movies back then were just unbelievable. I, I do think it's very, very important that uh, that movies keep a very broad scope because, hey, when I was a kid, uh, I grew up very poor myself. I was never in prison, but didn't have the best of lives. Okay. And watching on television... What, you know what it told me, Brian, watching TV or going to the movies is, hey, this is out there. I, if I work hard enough, I'll go after this. Maybe I can get some of it. You know, it, it inspired me. Movies and TV inspired me to try much harder in real life. It really did. Yeah. Wow. See, I feel the same way, but I, I just thought it was too far. You know, I, did, yeah. I didn't. Because, yeah, well, so far, it's interesting. If I ever said I wanted to be an actor... You know, as a kid, like, it wasn't, you know, it's like saying you wanted to wear tights back then, you know? You, <laughs> not, you know, without much encouragement or, yeah, go for it, because you're kind of day-to-day, -day, you know? Um, but, yeah, uh, in, in, that, in that paragraph you just read, I was kind of like, I wasn't being cocky either. I was no. just dreaming out loud one day when I told that guy, I said, you know, I'm going to go out there. You know, I didn't know. I didn't. I get out of prison. Everything I own was in a green bag. Like I didn't know, and so I didn't know where even to begin. And uh, you know, here we are on a interview. No, I think it's one. You got to get to town. You got to. You got to go on tour. You got to come to Minneapolis, St. Paul, Brian. Come in studio, man. It'd be great to have you just sitting across the desk. Oh 
you know, I would really like to do that. If that's possible at some point, you know, where I would love to sit out and say hello, why not? You guys have uh, great energy there. Oh, no, I'd love to do that, you know? I am so, but again, Brian, I'm very, very impressed. Not a lot of people who who would uh, miss the mark at the very beginning call in and say, hey, look, I, I am available if you can do it now. I mean, taking that extra step, Brian, just shows me what a classy guy you are. That was terrific. Oh, no, my pleasure. I wish I had known earlier. I wouldn't have been on time. Just, you know, it's part of it. I appreciate it. And I'm glad we uh, Art was able to make it happen because, you know, we just didn't get the heads up. No, Art's a great guy. There's everything, no everything works out the way. Yeah, <clears throat> everything works out the way it's supposed to. So that's yeah. that's what they tell me. Fatal Attraction streaming on Paramount Plus. Brian Goodman, come back soon. Whenever you got something to say, Brian, don't hesitate to call in. I'd love to hear from you. Oh, thank you very much. It's very nice. Of you. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Have a have good a day, weekend, everybody. You too. Okay, you too. Thank you. Bye. All right. I love that nice guy. Nice guy. I just love that guy. Yeah, and I told him I got to shove it up the van. <laughs> <laughs> Homeless at 12? Homeless wow. at 12. That had to be a thrill. In Boston, by mm-hmm. the way. In a little South Boston action. So, uh, you know. Johnny didn't mind jail because he got he got his three squares. He got shirts. <laughs> I got a shirt. I got to eat. I didn't mind being in prison. It was all right. Everything worked out for him. I, I, I thought he was ter- The second I heard his voice, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. He just has one of those accents, like, let me tell you something. <laughs> and he's got a very familiar look. I mean, you've seen him in a lot of stuff. You know, I got to look up. You told me that. Schmooze amongst yourself because I want to look up his picture. Oh, you'll see. I mean, he's been in a lot of movies that I, I know you've, that you've watched. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, also, were you a Sons of Anarchy guy? Oh, he was yeah. Some of that. He was huge. Rizzoli and Isles. He, I mean, he's done, like, uh, not a ton of episodes in some. The, the one, Rosoli and Isles, he was in 42 episodes. That was probably his biggest TV uh, appearances. And then he had, uh, a lot of them were just one-offs but on TV. But I, I have seen him from, uh, you know, some movies that he was in. Um, I'm trying to see, oh, he was in The Fast and the Furious, uh, Tokyo Drift, which probably was the worst of the bunch. <laughs> he has got this look on his face like, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> it's phenomenal. I'm glad you brought this up because I'm checking him out on IMDb right now, yeah. and he's a actor, director, writer. He, he does it all, right? Yeah, and he was the motel owner in Catch Me If You Can. <laughs> now, you would, definitely, you would definitely recognize him if you saw his picture. Yeah, very, he, very familiar looking. Yeah, he is. Absolutely. But he can do a great, I'm going to kick your ass look, I'll tell you <laughs> that. He's really good at that, don't you think? Did he? Would he have, because the uh, Affleck and Matt Damon, they're Southies. Right. Yeah, Different. yeah, they are. But Absolutely. Are, are they close to aging him? I mean, he's 59. they got to be getting it. They're certainly would, in their 50s, right? I would think so, yeah. So they must all know each other. Yeah, he does have a look like, yeah, let's keep him calm, shall we? <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> you don't put him over the top. He might He might go all Hot Pockets on you. Yeah, well, you yeah. <laughs> I go uh, You <laughs> ate my last Hot Pocket. i got to shoot you dead in the ass. Well, thank you. You know, before we had talked, I took a look at that story, and the guy was in Louisville. The guy, I, I don't know what kind of tiles. He started throwing tiles at the ahead. guy. Right. What kind of, t- what tiles? The, tiles from it, the floor? It, what never, do you mean? it never said what type of tiles. It just said he was throwing tiles at him. Before he shot him in the ass? Yeah. yeah. Maybe he, they were playing Mahjong. Yeah, he, maybe they were playing Mahjong. Exactly. Well, he was, he was like in his early 60s. But the photo of the guy, he's like, he took one of those smirky photos, the one who shot his friend. Oh, God. Yeah, he did. I saw the photo. It's like, <laughs> is that your look now, is it? 
I don't know. See, I love that kind of stuff. You know, Andy, isn't it great that, that, that you know, we didn't know Brian Goodman. Uh, didn't, uh, wasn't on, he was supposed to be on a 35, something like that. Missed him. All of a sudden he called, did he just call you or Dart call you? Or what happened? He told Art and then Art told me, yeah. Oh, good. Well, thank you to Art again then too, because that was great to, to bring him in and have him on. Cause I just love really honest people like that. I just love him. Like you said, he was good. I got a shirt and I got three squares <laughs> a day. I love that guy. If you shoot somebody in the butt, you can't be, it, that's not attempted murder, is it? I wouldn't think. I, well, it depends. I guess it depends on the weapon, where you were aiming, you know. It's hard yeah, to say. I suppose that's probably true. You get them dead center, you're doing some damage. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you hit them in the spine? Yeah. I didn't mean the spine, I meant further south. <laughs> well, I mean. You mean know. further front and further south? Yeah, something is that like you talking? <laughs> Somewhere I mean, in that no, area. No, but it, it, just imagine if you got it right. I mean, it's like a little target. Mm-hmm. That you'd be shooting. Ow. That would hurt. Yes, well, but it's right. like, that would hurt they lot. also didn't say the type of gun. You know, was it a BB gun? Or was it like, you it know, a howitzer They got to give us caliber. Yeah, exactly. That matters a lot. Well, call him back. He'll take your call. <laughs> if it's a scatter gun or a shotgun, that's another yeah, one. got it 12 all 12-gauge buckshot. Yeah, yeah. It's, that would be attempted murder. Yeah. I imagine that's probably true. Uh God, some of the headlines. I can't get. We only got two minutes left on the show here, so I don't want to get in a bunch of headlines and all that stuff. But uh, again, let me repeat: uh, Biden and McCarthy say they're close to a debt deal, but then again, it says it's going to happen on this date in twenty thousand two hundred thirty-three. <laughs> How do you screw that up? How do you put an extra three on the end of the year? I don't understand that at all. All right, that's going to do it, Andrew. I believe so. JB, thanks for coming sure. in. Like Thank said, you. Your birthday yesterday, Johnny McMonagall's birthday today, everybody's birthday. Johnny McMonagall was uh, Harry Potter's potions teacher, right? <laughs> was he really? <laughs> you don't get the joke? No. I think some of our audience will get the joke. So what is the joke? Harry Potter had a professor named McGonagall. Oh, he did? McGonagall. See? Yep. McGonagall, McMonagall. McMonagall. Yeah. Close enough. And happy birthday to Stretch. And yes. Happy birthday yep. to Stretch. Absolutely, everybody. Everybody's you older. Guys, you guys got to come in more often. This was a lot of fun just sitting here doing uh, the last uh, last half hour of the uh, morning show. Doing I got to get together. retired That's to make that happen. Mm. All right, we'll get you, get you retired. <laughs> we'll get you fired. That would be good. How yeah, or fired. Just get you fired. Can't believe what you said about your boss. <laughs> Does that help? Is he really fired? that horrible? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to go. We'll talk to you next week.